Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Booth Podcast NFL show. Off of a little bit of a hiatus post Super Bowl, but we are back. A little bit of that Super Bowl hangover, especially for some members of our team. Carve is out today, so I will be taking over some of the hosting duties. I, of course, am Reese Johnsby, joined as always by Davey O'Doyle. How are we feeling today, Dave? Uh, I mean, I've been I've been getting over it. You know, you lost the Super Bowl. I've been getting over it, but we're gonna gonna uh, pick the scab here a bit. Yeah, we'll we'll bring Whatever. up. We'll, we'll get past it. We'll get past it. Some old hurtful memories and let's talk about it let's get it out of the way super bowl 56 much anticipated going into the game we i think it was consensus around the league was this was two teams that people wanted to see in the super bowl very badly when you looked at the playoffs going into it these were two teams that looked fun to see in a super bowl and i don't know if a lot of people thought we'd see this when they had to go up against the Patrick Mahomes and the, the I won't say the Ryan Tannehills, but the Titans um, yeah. and, and teams like that. Of course, the Bengals were a little bit of an underdog in all those games and came into the Super Bowl. And the Rams, who sold the farm to get into the Super Bowl, made it there as well, going through the likes of Tom Brady and I mean, Kyler Murray had a bad game, but but Kyler Murray and then the the 49ers who turned it on come playoff time too. And we were set up for a great Super Bowl and it delivered. It was not the outcome we all hoped for at the booth, but it was a great Super Bowl ending 23-20 for the Los Angeles Rams, your Super Bowl champions. Uh, yeah, it's it's that weird thing of like it almost the, the from the consensus of Bengal fans, it's the weird like it's weird to say, but like we let a Super Bowl get away from us because we had right after halftime we come out, you know what I mean? The first half was a lot of feeling each other out, right? And then the second half we come out and was it a face mask on Ramsey? Yeah, big time, but missed it. T Higgins took a seventy-five yard touchdown. Next drive, all of a sudden. Cheetah Bay Wuzier gets a pick, right? Like, if and just felt like as time wore down in that second half, the Rams defensive line took over on the Bengals one week spot that everybody knew their offensive line can't beat the Rams defensive line. And slowly they just took over, right? And it was like watching college football when you're outmatched in the trenches and it blows your game up. That's what it was. But even if we would have scored any points in the second half, we could have won that game and we just after, besides that T against touchdown, we just didn't score any, and it just got away from us. And you can only hope for your defense to hold so much against a team that has, you know, <coughs> Stafford and three decent backs and OBJ and Cooper Cup, even though OBJ was out. But, I mean, still a talented receiving core, right? It, it sure was. And it was a talented team for the Rams. Of course, they sold. When When's the next time they have a first – round pick it's like 2024 or something yeah a couple of years yeah they did the i don't think we've seen it a lot in the nfl where a team goes all in for for one ring we've seen it we in see other it, sports you see it in basketball work. a lot and it usually doesn't work if it happens in the nfl if those guys no. get those late round picks like late in the year they get some guys and trade for them at the deadline right it usually doesn't work though 
No, but they pulled it off. They that's now two years in a row that the home team, the home home team, has won the Super Bowl in their own stadium. And lots of trends continue, but yes, it was a sad day at the O'Doyle household. I think the thing about that that like makes me upset too, and it's like I'm not gonna throw too much blame because I like where the Bengals are going. We're so young and we have so much room to, to grow. And once again, O-line, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are going to tear the league apart. Dude, Joe Mixon has never had an offensive line that wasn't in the bottom 10 of run blocking. And that guy puts up 1,200 yards a year. That is a, that is an elite back. Everybody needs to wait and see that. Yeah. But, I mean, just some of the choices in the back end of stuff, like, okay, I'm not going to complain about the referees in that last drive we started throwing flags at the end because we had so many opportunities to win. I didn't like the one on Logan Wilson. I liked the, the other two were pass interference, the next two, but that Logan Wilson one on third down was kind of shitty, but I'm not going to go too far because everybody can blame the refs every game. And that's just a shitty thing to do, but the choice of like, um, okay. Cooper cups on the right side, isolated against Eli Apple. We know it's going to be a fade. Why do you leave Eli Apple out there? You know what I mean? Like I get it, but like, I would have been confident moving almost anybody out there. Cheeto again, Mike Hilton, I would have been more confident with Jesse Bates, move somebody there, but, but we didn't. And like, that sucks. But I think the one that made me the most upset out of all of them was on our last drive of the game on the third and one. I don't have a problem with Samaj P. Ryan, but why wasn't your $12 million, 225 pound back Joe Mixon in the game there? Yeah, and even if Joe Mixon is in the game, why are you running straight at the best defensive lineman in the history of football, Aaron Donald? It's that weird thing where it's like, I've seen Mixon make guys miss, and he has this like weird ability to get three yards where there's nothing because he's played with such a bad O-line always. But Samaj P. Ryan's not that guy. And I heard the conferences, they were like, in the press conference, like, hey, we thought we could trick him because he doesn't usually get carries, right? And I get that, but it's just so tough in your biggest, your last drive to, it, to to try to go win the Super Bowl that you have your $12 million elite back on the bench. Like, it's tough. It's tough to swallow, right? Super Bowl on the line isn't the time to try and trick the other team. Right. It's that's, get your best on best, right? Exactly. That's that's what the, the Super Bowl is about. Yeah. It's best on best. And the fourth, down, the fourth down play is the most – unbelievably sad one of them all because, hey, I'm not even going to blame Quentin Spain for blatantly just getting beat, like, really badly by Aaron Donald because people have been beat a lot worse by Aaron Donald. But I think the one that makes it so sad is if Burrow had two more seconds. Ramsey just fell flat on his ass, and Jamar Chase was open down the sideline where we've seen him score so many touchdowns this year down the right sideline, wide open, if Joe had two seconds. Yeah. It, it was a win. It was a Super Bowl win if he has two more seconds. Yeah. Even if he has one, he's he's completing that short pass. You got the first down, and you've you've got another chance at it. And Like I said, it's so tough that to swallow that. Our offensive line could be as bad as it was all year long, and if it was better on one play, we would have won the Super Bowl. And that's yep. just, like, tough, but I guess, you know what I mean? That's – the price that comes with playing with fire and not having a good offensive line and that affects your entire offense, right? Yeah. Because I know a lot of people also complain that the Bengals didn't do enough 
like the Rams aren't good against the screens and the screen game and a lot of the short pass stuff. We kind of moved away from some of that, but it's just, it's an, it's an entire failure because when you have an offensive line that is at best, probably two guys are like consistent. I'd say like Jonah, Jonah Williams on the left tackle and Trey Hopkins in the middle are the two pretty consistent guys and everybody else is inconsistent, right? Yeah. Or bad. And like, we just didn't, we couldn't even run an offense, right? Against that, the D line, we couldn't run an offense. Yeah. And that is the way it ended with the Viking earth. I just, I just try to superimpose the Vikings into the Super Bowl a lot, even if it was a loss. The Bengals coming up short on that final drive and the Rams winning the Super Bowl. If you want to hear a more in-depth analysis, I know we went over it real briefly here, but we did do a live post-game, live kind of live reaction of our post-game thoughts after the game. Uh, You can find that on our socials and our YouTube page. All the links will be in the description of the podcast, as well as on our socials at the Booth EC. But that game did wrap up a pretty great NFL season. Great. Just the longest season in history. That term has been a little overused. I feel like I've heard that for the entire playoffs. But it was the longest season ever played. Yeah. We are going to do our season finale studs and duds as always we will start it off with the duds dave who is your dud of the season um in some people are going to say it's unfair but i think it needs he still needs to be done is baker mayfield comes in with a team people thought was a super bowl contender a team that has uh, an elite offensive line that Joe Burrow could salivate over. They have Nick Chubb. They have a really good secondary, and they have Miles Garrett. And he leads that team to eight wins. Eight and nine? Eight and nine. That's what he led that team to. And I don't care that he was injured and he was toughing it out. Get on the bench. Let Who's their back? Case Keenum? Case Keenum. Case Keenum. Yeah, let Case Keenum lead your team to victory then, dude. Get your ego out of the way instead of playing with a busted up shoulder. I know he's physically more talented than he played because he couldn't get the ball off because his shoulder was messed up. But you still went out there. You still played at whatever 40% or whatever he was because he has too much pride because he's an idiot. And, I mean, the Odell Beckham Jr. stuff happened. And you saw Odell Beckham Jr. went off when he went to L.A. in, like, two weeks. And Baker couldn't figure that out ever. And I mean, just, and then his whole mess with his fiance and him running his mouth on social media and stuff, his wife, I guess, disrespect, but I don't care. Go away, Baker Mayfield's family. But I just mean like, hey, all that was awful. You had an awful year. What you did was stud worthy all the way top to bottom, Baker Mayfield. Shame on you. Much shame. That's a guy who's, his future in the NFL is in question right now. Um, Talk of the Browns even possibly moving on from him as early as this year. Uh, I don't see that happening. Um, but next year will be a make or break season for Baker Mayfield for sure. Yep. My dud of the season. Dave said it before we started recording here, a bit of a bold one as he <laughs> did win MVP of the league, but Aaron Rodgers 
is my dud. And you can say all you want. He's a Vikings fan. Of course, Aaron Rodgers is his dud. But he is a dud. A dud of a human being. The guy's a god on the field. I won't dispute that. I, I'm jealous of the Packers for having Aaron Rodgers on their team for his play on the field. I'm not jealous of them for his attitude off the field. And it's not even about him being unvaccinated. Honestly, at this point, vaccinated, unvaccinated, I could care less. Just do go about life. But this guy has just got the attitude of, hey, here, here's a pile of documents I did research on on why I shouldn't be vaccinated and blah, blah, blah. And makes a big deal about everything going on in his life, even the little stuff like showing his foot on camera in press conferences. And he just wants to be the center of attention off the field. And I don't even know if he knows he wants to be the center of attention off the field. He's just a narcissistic person who needs to be in the spotlight. And he's a dud. He's a dud. Aaron Rodgers, you dud. Dude, if you could tell me Aaron Rodgers was bipolar, I would believe you. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Because he has that weird stuff where, like, early in the year, I remember because they beat the Cardinals when the Cardinals were, like, undefeated on Thursday Night Football. And he just goes on there and he's like, I love this team. This is my favorite team I've ever had. Uh, There's nowhere I'd rather be than the the Packers, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, and then sometimes he's all like, oh, I don't need to be vaccinated. Here's my foot. Um, I don't know if I'll be back now. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And then, like, yeah just makes a huge stink about it. Then he wins MVP and he's like, oh, I just got done my 12-day cleanse and all I feel is grateful. Like, what what are you doing? Like, do you just really like the attention or are you just like bipolar? Like, what's your deal, guy? Yeah, he's he's a weird guy. He's a, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him this season. Um, of course, his, His fate is really up to him, and that's kind of the deal the Packers made with him going into this season. Um, Sounds like multiple teams at this point have – I don't know if they've made directly offers to the Packers. I believe they might have made them to Aaron Rodgers himself after the Packers gave him the ability to go out and seek a trade. Yeah, I've heard they have lots of offers, though, whoever it's for. Yeah, so the Packers actually have to approve any sort of trade but honestly, it kind of comes down to how Aaron Rodgers is feeling that day. I said, I've heard a lot of stuff as of late, right? That sounds like he's staying for whatever staying. reason, right? But feels like it changes every day. It's like he's staying. They're offering him a huge contract. And then today it comes out that he's got multiple offers. And I feel really bad for Devontae Adams, who kind of like, you can tell he's hinging on waiting for Aaron, right? Oh, for sport. sure. Right. And he's just like, man, can we decide this so I know what I'm doing with my life? Like, right. And so I'm like, hey, man, if you guys are tight and all cool, but like Aaron Rodgers' personality doesn't do it for me, but I like everything Devontae Adams is about. So I'm like, man, I just like feel bad for that guy. Right. Yeah. But moving on from duds, let's finish on a high note for the season with studs of the season. Dave, who's your stud of the year? So I, w- I had like four or five guys I thought about for this, but I finally just locked on one. 
And like I said, you're going to call me a homer if you want, but you can't refuse what this guy did. Um, my stud of the year is Jamar Chase. Um, that guy came in right from day one and weird that a receiver can do it, but like a receiver, he changed the Bengals offense and he like changed this team. This team jumped leaps and bounds better for a lot of reasons, but Jamar's a huge part of it. Our offense just boomed with him. He ended the year. If you, if you combine with the, 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 the playoff stats, he had 1800 yards and 15 touchdowns as a rookie. Like that's his first year playing in the league. Like this guy is unbelievable. He can beat you deep down the sideline. He can take short ones and break them. He can take slants like he did against the Ravens and the Chiefs and just break them for 75 yards. The guy's unbelievable with the balls in his hands. He can block too. He's a good blocker. He's a big, strong guy. Um, he's just unbelievable. I can't even say enough about how much he's changed the culture in Cincinnati. He's helped be a part of this like massive change that just came in one year out of nowhere, right? And a huge part of it is taking Jamar at five. Um, like I said, it's weird being a Bengals fan. I don't feel like I've almost ever seen a truly franchise-shaking player. We've had lots of great players. Geno Atkins, A.J. Green, um, Chad Ochoa. We've had good players. But I think Joe and Jamar are legitimately franchise-changing players, and we got them back-to-back in the draft in two years, and that's unbelievable. But Jamar Chase is my, my start of the year. Yeah, well-deserved. That guy's going to be on the top of the league for a long time. Um, My stud of the year, I am also going wide receiver, and I'm going with the guy who had an incredible year, uh, earth-shattering year in Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup finishes the year second in receptions all time, first in receptions all time, including playoffs, second in receiving yards all time, first in receiving yards all time, playoffs included. The guy had a crazy year, and we all knew Cooper Cup was a good wide receiver coming over the past few years. I don't think anybody knew Cooper Cup was this good of a wide receiver, and it just took a capable quarterback <laughs> just took not having Jared Goff to show us who Cooper cup really is. This, this podcast is heavy on Jared Goff. Hayden. I'm all for it. I led the charge. Keep talking. Hey, hey, Jared Goff, you were, you were probably that close to being a dud of the year. Just no. I, I, I could dud of the year every year and I could find reasons for it. Oh, for sure. But Cooper cup, just an incredible year. Honestly, if you ask me, probably should have been the MVP um, if the award was a little more tailored to be even for positions. Yeah. I don't, I hate to say it. I hate to always say be a CFL homer, but there's a difference between the MVP award in the NFL and the MOP, most outstanding player in the CFL, where you give it to the guy who's the most outstanding that year versus the guy who was most valuable to his team. Yeah, because it's always going to be a quarterback. Yeah, because, of course, Aaron Rodgers was the most valuable player to the Packers because if Aaron Rodgers wasn't on the Packers this year and they were rolling with Jordan Love, they would have been a sub-500 team and we wouldn't be seeing them anywhere close to the playoffs. Yeah. So, yes, Aaron Rodgers was the most valuable player 
Cooper Cup was the most outstanding player in the NFL this season. And that's, I mean, hey, you can't argue with it. Look at the stats, right? Yeah. Dave, final thoughts on this 2021-2022 NFL season. Um, I think this one is always going to be unbelievably special to me because this looks like as long as things keep going the track they're on, the year that the Bengals went from a, a really just like a, a lower a lower franchise or whatever franchise, a franchise that is known to be cheap and behind the times and only has one prime time game a year, that kind of thing. And this is the season that made the Bengals cool. It made them hot. It made them relevant and it made them good. And I'll always love this season for that. There's no season that will be like this. I've heard other sports fans talk about um, just going deep diving around. How do teams do after they lose in the championship? Right. And I've heard other people from who have that experience talk about how once you get a championship, the season that broke you through is always your favorite year, even if you won the championship, because it's never like the first time. And this year was the first time for the Bengals that way. So I'm always going to remember the season a for that reason is magical. And B because I think that this rookie class was so good and all how good the rookies were so quick. This is always going to be a really special season in that way. For sure. I look at this season too. And the entire season was great, but you got to the playoffs and you saw probably, uh, for me, definitely my favorite playoffs that I've ever seen. Those were just amazing game after amazing game after amazing game. What was it only from the divisional round on only one game ended outside of one score? Yeah, I think so. I don't think any of them did. Did any of them? Like it was insane. I think I thought I thought all the divisional games were one score. And then the Chiefs and the Bengals were one score. And I think the Rams and the 49ers were one score too. Yeah. I think you're right. The wild card weekend was the only time there was a game not one score. Crazy. Yeah, like so good. (laughs) And it was a little crazy too, because the wild card weekend honestly was probably the down point of the season. Because there was just Majority of the games of the wild card round were blowouts. Yeah, I think and everybody like, was, there was two close games the whole weekend. Yeah, everybody was questioning: Has the NFL gone right with the playoff format here? And we got to the divisional round, and the NFL flipped everybody the bird and said, "Fuck you!" Yeah, this is how we do playoffs in the National Football League. There was an, another point this league that I forgot about is how wild that AFC was all year, and it took the last like three weeks for it to like actually break off. But, like, everybody had a chance to be in the playoffs the whole time, right? The AFC was really wild this year. I even forget that. But, like, thinking about the playoff race, like, it was unbelievable. It was incredible. Like, you had the NFC side, and you really knew that you had the the Packers, the Rams, the Cardinals, the, the, the Cowboys. There's one other. I don't know, somebody else. You knew they were in. He had a couple spots, but the AFC felt like oh, the Bucks, the Buccaneers, the Bucks. Yeah. The AFC was just the top four. The division leaders were flip flopping every week. You, your wild card teams were flip flopping every week. You had teams that were 
third last in the division or in the conference who were in the playoff hunt. It was insane. Yeah, the AFC North, like just alone, the only the Browns were eliminated going into the last week of the season. Yeah. Like that's wild. That's insane. Yeah. It was a great first year for us here at the booth to be covering the NFL. And we thank all of you who have been loyal listeners for this whole amazing NFL season. We're not done. We're going to keep this going. We're going to roll right in to the 2022-2023 NFL season, and it is going to be great. Starting with that, the first thing that always comes up every offseason, if you don't look at the the combine coming up it's really the franchise tags who's getting tagged i always like to say who's getting held against their will (laughs) who is being imprisoned in a team they might not want to be with dave Um, you have a list there of our potential franchise tags don't you obviously every team can use the tag but i have like 12 guys that like we're rumored like could play on the tag. Yeah. So we'll just see like if we think they will play on the tag yeah. and like, we'll just, we'll talk it out. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to start from like the, what I find that the less exciting up to yeah. the more exciting ones. Um, so Brown's tight end, David Njoku is like the candidate that people think might get a tag. Yeah, I can see that. I know. I've heard rumors about them possibly moving on from him or trying to get something for him, but the tag might be a right move for them to go there. Uh, I mean, it's one of those weird ones where I almost feel like if he does play on the tag this year, it's going to be like his last year. Yeah. So you might, if you're going to move off him, do or just resign yeah. him, which is like, you could say that for all these guys, but there's some guys who I think they will stay. They just might have to play on the tag because the team yeah. is flip-flopping around right well and if you are in joku it's a good idea to play on the tag if you're planning to retire next year you play on the tag you make the absolute bank that comes with the franchise tag for those listening if you don't know what the franchise tag is uh each position has a set amount of money that a team can sign them for one year and the player is then required to sign that deal each team has one franchise tag that they can use and it is big big one-year money um yeah every team has one franchise tag they can use per year and yes as soon as you enact the franchise tag upon a player they can only sign with your team unless they are released by you so that's that explains why you could be playing against your own will sometimes yes yes but players will do it because it is massive money for one it definitely is Next up we have, this one's weird. I don't even understand this one at all. Um, but the Buccaneers, Carlton Davis, like the cornerback. Huh. Weird, right? That one's weird to me too. Out of all the Buccaneers players, the one they're thinking about tagging is Carlton Davis. Uh, yeah, I don't know who they all have as potential free agents, but that feels like a weird one for me. It is a weird one. Like I said, um. It's weird that you'd even think to tag him because, I mean, he's fine, but usually you don't take fine players, right? Honestly, yeah, I I kind of expected them. I don't know what their their situation with Chris Godwin is, if they're just planning to sign him to a long-term deal. It's not a bad move to sign him to a long-term deal. He's young still, and and he's ready to play some ball, but 
he has had the injury issue. He was out for the tail end of last season. And I kind of thought there might be a, a tag move on him, but I guess not. obviously they're good. They're either really sure about not having him or having him right to have the rumors yeah. come out that Carlton Davis is the guy, but I said, that one's not really that interesting to me. I don't really care either way, to be honest. No. But like I said, he's fine. He's a fine enough player, but I think there's a lot of better corners the Bucks could get. Yeah. So I don't think you necessarily need to take them. Nope. Uh, next up is Cam Robinson, uh, the left tackle for the Jacksonville Jags. Yeah. I Honestly, I can't talk much about the Jags. They're the Jaguars. I mean, this oh. is one is for me the one that I was like, you know what? You probably should tag him. Yeah. Because he's a left tackle and you have Trevor Lawrence still fresh, right? Like you should probably take care of him. Uh, yeah. If, if you can think you can get a better left tackle, which there's like a couple in free agency, but it's not stacked, then try your best. But I would probably sign him or tag him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a smart move. Yeah. And left tackle. Probably, probably just do it. quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have Harold Landry for the Titans. Okay. Which is interesting. It is interesting. It, because you don't. I almost would say no, just because he he probably wants too much money, and you're gonna have to keep those inside guys, Autry and Justin and uh, Jeffrey Simmons, and I know Tannehill is taking up a ton of their cap. So oh, I yeah. almost say tag him now, and then if you don't want him next year, let him go. Right? Yeah, it's maybe a smart move to tag him because yeah, I, yeah, I just you got to make things happen before you can sign him to a long term deal. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to free up some of that Tannehill money. I know Tannehill is taking up a massive amount of their cap. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is tough. Um, that is tough for a guy who's yeah. not the best quarterback. No, I would say, I would say though, you should probably take Lander unless you're going to let him walk, right? Yeah. Uh, next up, we have another, like, interesting one. Miami Dolphins, uh, Mike Isecki, tight end. Who's good. Oh, He's a yeah. good, but it's interesting to use a fr- franchise tag on a tight end. It is interesting. Um, he's a guy who's had a couple good years here. Yeah. Of course, he hasn't had very comfortable quarterback positions no. there. But this might be uh, the situation where you franchise tag him and say, this is your make or break year. If, if you play well this year, we will give you that long-term contract next year. If you don't, you can walk. I find tight end as well as there's a couple guys at a different position later. I'll mention yeah. that the, the franchise take at their position really isn't that massive. Like it's a good no. deal for that position, Yeah, but you'd almost be like, if you can sign these guys, you should sign them basically. Cause you're probably going to say, pay them basically the same thing per year as a yeah. tag would be or less. Right. So it's like weird, like a, a position like tight end. I think you could probably just sign Kaseki to three years and you could probably, in your first year, if you worked it right, pay him less, right? But yeah. but I don't know. It depends what contracts people want, what age they have, the ins and outs of that kind of stuff, right? For sure. Uh, next up for the Chiefs, we have uh, left tackle Orlando Brown, who I heard that they were going to take, I heard. But I don't – obviously nothing has happened yet, but – No, uh, I believe that the window just opened for players yeah. to be tagged. And yeah, honestly, like when that, that window opens, nobody's going to actually tag anybody until that window is days from closing. Yeah, they, they have till the 8th to get it done. Right? Yeah. 
So, but I heard I heard rumors like they're heavily considering to sign him or tag him, Orlando Brown. Yeah, honestly, I think that's maybe a good move. Um, I know with Kansas City, I don't know what their cap situation's like, but that's a guy who, if he hits the open market, is going to be a hot commodity. Um, so obviously you want to keep him around in Kansas city. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're, if you can't get that long-term deal done right now, just tag him and hopefully you can work something out throughout the next season. Yeah. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Here's a spicy one here. Arizona's Chandler Jones. Ooh, there's a guy who I think definitely deserves the big contract, the long-term contract. He's good enough, but he's older now. He is. He's older now, and like I think the Cardinals want to try to win now from all the veteran guys they've signed. So I would say either sign him on the tag or let him go. But I would probably tag him because he still has value. He still had 10 sacks last year. Well, we, we, I talk, don't know if you should give him another big contract. We, you talk Arizona, too, and the pressure is on for that team to win now. Right. After the past two years as well, is teams selling out when the Super Bowl is in their home stadium and it's in Arizona this year. Is it? Oh, yeah. so Arizona, okay. you are now yeah. held to the standard of the Bucks and the Rams from yeah. the past two years. So you oh, have yeah. to sell out. So this is your year. So tag that guy. Yeah. Use the tag while you have it. Let him have one more big year. And then if it doesn't work out, you'll know what your team direction needs to go. But yeah, that's a guy then for that reason, definitely you should tag him. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Arizona, huh? When we were talking about that earlier, I wondered who was the next host team. Yep. Arizona. After all that stuff with Kyler Murray being a little uh, arrogant, huh? Interesting. Yep. Next up, we have uh, Marcus Williams, Saints uh, safety, which is another position that isn't terribly high for the franchise tag, and he's pretty young. I think he's 26 or 25, Yeah, and he's pretty decent. I mean, that seems like probably like a guy you'd want to keep around if you ask me, but. I think so too. Yeah, honestly, when it comes down to this stuff it, with this, the franchise tag is you really put one guy on your list who is your franchise tag guy, yeah. even if you're working on a deal with him. Right. So if you can't get that deal done by the time that, that window is about to close for that franchise tag, you do it and you can work out that deal later. <laughs> like I said, a good safety like that at that young age, right? Yeah. And a good defense, like you, you assume you should probably keep him around. Yeah. Your franchise tag really goes to the guy during contract negotiations that you cannot lose. Yeah, absolutely. And similarly to that, the Bengals' Jesse Bates is uh, our candidate on the tag. And he was on NFL Network last uh, yesterday, and he said yeah. he doesn't want to play on the tag. He wants really badly to be back in Cincinnati, finish what he started. Um, and Jesse Bates is an elite player. Like, Oh, for sure. He's been so good. He was so good in that playoff run. He's been so good. It's a president that the Bengals need to set is they need to, we drafted Jesse Bates. We need to keep him in house. He just turned 25. He's going to be a pillar of our defense for years. Our defense is good. All of our players are tweeting to get him his money. They have been all year talking about getting this man his bank. He's a team captain for team chemistry, for our defensive chemistry, for the fans' happiness. Like, we just need to get Jesse Bates signed. He doesn't, he said, he said, quote, he didn't actually want to, he doesn't care if he's the highest paid safety. 
He just wants to feel like he's appreciated and he's given fair money what he's worth. So I don't know why we're kicking our, I mean, it's, it's early. Like we have lots of time before we have to tag him, but I'm really hoping we get that done. Not just because he's probably my favorite player in the league, but like just in general, he's so important to the Bengals. He's so young. He's so good. Like we, that's a guy you need to keep around on your team. And I hope we're getting a deal done with. Yeah. And I think the vibe I get from Jesse Bates is no, he doesn't want to play on the tag, but he's not going to be a guy who's going to refuse to play on the tag no. or he's going to request he's a trade tag. after being no. tagged. Is he's he, a good, he would play that, that year out and work to get that long-term deal next year. In his, his thing that he was talking about um, that he doesn't like, it's just like, he doesn't like the tag because obviously it's, you don't have a deal done. You get injured, but yeah. this and that, right? It's it's kind of a slippery slope when you can just get the deal done. The the franchise tag really gives a lot of benefit to the teams and the only the benefit of money to the player. Right, yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a broken system. Part of me wishes the NFL would just do away with it, but – it is fun to have these conversations about who's going to get tagged this year. Right. And then we have two, two, the two bigger, probably biggest name guys next. Uh, here we have the Patriots cornerback, JC Jackson. Yes. Mr. Interception. That's, that's a guy, honestly, you got to keep around. Um, the dude's young. He definitely deserves that long-term deal, but yeah, he's going to be one going to want to be paid very high after this season he had here so if you are the Patriots it's maybe a good year to to tag the guy because he had the high season this year so he'll probably hit a down streak next year you'll probably get him for a little cheaper when you get that long-term deal done yeah I I that's exactly what I was thinking too and it's tough to be JC Jackson want that deal because Bill Belichick's not a guy who gives a lot of people the deals yeah. He knows the exact style of player he's looking for, and he just fills in, right? Especially on his handmade defense. So it's it's tough. Like I said, J.C. Jackson, whether he plays on the take this year or he gets a deal, that guy is great, and he's going to get paid. Yeah. Just whether it's going to be the Patriots or not, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, right? Mm-hmm. And then the biggest, the granddaddy of them all that everybody's talking about, Devontae Adams of the Green yep. Bay Packers. Is is uh is the man? Is he going to be on the tag this year? Yes or no? And he's still waiting to see what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. Well, yeah, that's the thing is he's waiting to see what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. But Devonte Adams' fate might not be up to him, right? And I think it's tough with Green Bay. It feels like simultaneously the right move to do because you got to keep your guy around, right? But it's also I don't think if Rodgers leaves, I don't think Devontae will play on the on the tag for Green Bay. Yeah, it's tough because like I almost want to be like, no matter what Aaron does, you want to tag that guy. Cause at least you have to give Aaron or sorry, uh, Jordan Love a chance. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you need to have Devontae Adams there to help him. But like I said, will he actually even play on it? Or is he just gonna be like, no, get bent, I'll just wait until the year's up, right? Yeah, I'll wait till the year's up, or you can trade me wherever Aaron's going. Yeah, because I saw they've been restructuring guys like crazy, and they're not picking up a lot of pretty good players. Like, because I saw they restructured Aaron Jones. I saw they basically already said, like, yeah, we're not going to bring him back to Devontae Campbell, even though he was really good. 
They're not going to bring back Zadarius Smith probably, right? Like they're letting a lot of like pretty talented guys go. I assume with the, the idea in mind to keep Rodgers and to keep Devontae Adams, right? Yeah. So it's I mean, going we'll to be tough if you free up yeah. all that space and don't get either of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, then you'll have a, a lot of a lot of stuff to play with, right? In free agency, if you don't It'll get a big free agency for them, yeah. Yeah. But like I said, we'll have to see how that shakes out. Uh, free agencies, the franchise tag closes on the eighth. Yeah. Of March, so it's just a little under two weeks here. So we'll have to see how that shakes out, and then we'll know a lot about free agency after that once we see who gets the tags and who's not on the tag. Yes, we will get into an early free agency preview here. The NFL free agency period does start on a drum roll, March 16th. Yep. And that is at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Right. There are big names in this free agency There's class. Names, yep. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, we're very early in this. Lots of these players are likely to be signed by their current teams. Um but we'll run through. Dave, who's some of your top guys on this list? Um, the top guys on the list are interesting because, like, from my angle, the only talks of free agency for the Bengals is offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, and then cornerback two. Yeah. And hey, then three hey, I'm, in, I'm in that boat. <laughs> yeah. And then to re-sign some guys, right? I think we should re-sign Jesse Bates and probably Uzama on a better deal and then – some guys like Joby and BJ Hill in the middle of that defense, but like we're pretty shirt up at most of our spots, yeah. but we said we need a lineman. There is so many rationales going around of what we should do, how we can scheme our offensive line best if we need to rely on a position in the draft. But I know the Bengals have had a tough time drafting. So a guy like Teron Armstead at tackle, um, Laramie Tunsil is not a free agent, but there's been talks of him getting traded to the Bengals, which would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Lake and Tomlinson from yep. the 49ers, the guard. He's a big name floating around Cincinnati too. Um, Austin Corbett, who's a guard, I think from the Chargers, I want to say. He's a name floating around. Ryan Jensen, yeah. the center for the Bucks, is a big name floating around that the Bengals look to see they have some interest in. Yeah. Um, a lot of linemen interested, right? And I know cornerbacks – some of the free agent guys this year to replace Eli Apple are like JC Jackson, obviously, but I don't think we're going to get him, but a guy like yeah. Stefan Gilmore's to free agent too. Um, what's his name? Uh, Xavier Howard, right. From the, yeah. from the dolphins, lots of guys are open at those spots. And those are some big names, no matter where they go. Yeah. I think, yeah, your biggest, when we talk about free agency, I think your biggest, one of your biggest names on the offensive line, um, Brandon Sheriff is yep. Yep. Uh, out of Washington center, I believe, right? Guard. Guard? Yeah. Guard. He'll, he's he's going to be that one of those top guys. Um, he's going to get paid. He'll he's going to get paid. As a Minnesota fan, I would love to have him, but probably don't have the cap room for him. Right. But yeah. um, he's going to get paid. An interesting guy on this list to me, um, Vaughn Miller, just got traded from Denver to uh, L.A. for the playoff run. Right. Some rumblings just around Twitter stuff is would Vaughn go back to Denver after winning a ring with LA? If I was him, I honestly probably would. Just Mine. take a take a friendlier deal yeah. for them. 
and then go back because that team's young and ascending, right? Like, go back. You're a legend there. They wouldn't turn you down if you took a friendly deal. Honestly, um, if the, one of the biggest rumors floating around Denver is Aaron Rodgers. Is can you get Aaron Rodgers right. in Denver? And it looks like Bond's ready to do some ring chasing. So right. if you can get a few more in it, it, his back end of his career here, I'm sure he'd love to do it in Denver. Right. And then that's the thing too, is that if, that we're talking about affects so much because Aaron Rodgers isn't a free agent, but Devonte Adams is, and where yeah. he goes is very dependent on where Aaron goes truthfully. Right. It is. We said it before too. Um, Chris Godwin, I would assume that he gets a deal done with with tampa right. but that's a, yeah. that's a big name receiver that i know a ton of teams would love to have on the same page as that too michael gallup out of dallas too is yeah. a big receiver that could be a not be the number three receiver somewhere he could be a number one in teams right and he's a free agent too if dallas doesn't get him back yeah cool this is a list this is is a big list. Such a list. We will definitely have to go more in depth with this on another pod. Yeah, because the free agent list is massive. Yeah, big names. Uh, Stefan Gilmore, he's getting a little bit up there in age, but still having some incredible years yeah. at the cornerback position. Akeem Hicks, who has been still a dominant defensive lineman with the Bears out of the University of Regina. Got to always throw that in there. Oh, what? You, <laughs> this is a guy that all, that popped up on my list. It's just this guy has just been MIA for so long. But I feel like could be an interesting ad for some teams. Will Fuller. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, eh? he he could surprise some people. Honestly, I think he's he could be a surprise. I would watch out for Will Fuller, see where he goes because he's he's not going to be expensive. No, wherever he goes, he's not going to be no. expensive. So some team could pick him up for cheap and and end up with a steal there. I want to ask you about two quarterbacks here because I put it in one of our group chats. Yeah. Marcus Mariota and Mitch Trubisky. I'm ready to see those guys get a chance to start again. I am too. Um, I'm a big fan of Mitch Trubisky, actually. I I think that guy, he's fits perfectly into the spot of Josh Allen's backup in Buffalo. But I, I honestly think that he could be a starter in this league still. To be, to be honest, I'd rather have him than have, like, the guys the Saints have or, like, oh yeah, like Washington. Like, you don't think you want to give Mitch Trubisky a shot? I said, you have that weird thing where, like, the, it came out after, way after the fact that, like, Nagy didn't want to meet with Trubisky when no. he wanted to meet and do extra prep and stuff, right? Like, what is that all about? Weird, I man. don't think you can judge Mitch Trubisky on what happened with the Bears. Yeah, you shouldn't. In kind of the same light, I don't think you can judge Marcus Mariota on what happened in Tennessee. He yeah, was in Tennessee was bad. He right. was in Tennessee when they were a broken organization. Yeah, they were they were a six win team then. They're not the number one seed they are now. No, exactly. Um, I would love yeah. to see him get another chance. I was so high on him coming out of college. I just loved watching him in that inaugural college football playoff. Uh, they lost to Ohio State in the national championship, but that was just an exciting year to watch Marcus Mariota. And I don't think we've seen enough of him in the NFL. Yeah. Like I said, those are definitely the two guys that pop out when I look at kind of those dark horse quarterbacks that maybe not everybody's looking at, but I was like, I think these guys should at least get a shot at camps, right? Uh, At least. 
we'll get into the quarterbacks more yeah. on another episode and maybe make some predictions on where they're going. But I can't yeah. be a Vikings fan without bringing up the Kirk Cousins of it all as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins has the monstrous cap hit that the Vikings are eating. I believe it's $45 million cap hit right now. So that's tough. Um, sounds like the Carolina Panthers may be interested in Kirk Cousins, and I might be ready to move on from Kirk Cousins with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, because you've been against it for a while. But, like, when I look at it, this guy – it's your team is like an average roster. You need more players. You yeah. need more picks and you have a new coaching staff. It's time to rebuild. Honestly, yeah. like you might be dumping off more than just that, but he's not good enough at this point to get you guys where you need to go. He's way too expensive. He probably won't restructure his deal. Yeah. It's just, it's just time to move on in the, in a market that is so desperate for quarterback. You can get a really good return for it. Yeah. Honestly, if you are committing as Minnesota to getting rid of Kirk Cousins, yeah, you're committing to three to four wins next season. But I mean, there's good quarterbacks next year. Though. There are good quarterbacks next year. It's it's a full commitment to rebuild next yes. year. And yeah. I I think if you're a Minnesota fan, you need to recognize that. If you're pl- if your personnel in the Minnesota organizations. You need to recognize that. And you can't use this coaching staff as a scapegoat. This is a brand new coaching staff. I love this coaching staff we brought in. It's a very Ram-centric offense out of that McVay system that looks so good. Some coaches coming off of that tree haven't done well in recent history. But Kevin O'Connell, I think he is well-deserving of the Minnesota job as head coach. Um, Wes Phillips, their, their passing game coordinator, now is the OC in Minnesota. I think those guys are great. I don't want to see these coaches be used as scapegoats for this. I think you've got to give them a long shot if you're going to rebuild. I think that's what I can say definitely is like the Bengals needed to be rebuilt a long time ago for Marvin Lewis. Yeah. But once we finally committed to Zach Taylor, you have, we had two bad years. Like they were pretty gross, but you can see what can happen when you get your right culture, you get clean the slate and get your guys in there is in your third year, you can be in the Super Bowl, right? That's how the ideal kind of rebuild should go. But you have to start with, like, for us was our 2019 season where you win two games. You have to, right? Yeah. Oh, and I've set it up quite a few times. As a Minnesota fan, I hate being this middle-of-the-pack team. It's tough. I would love to have pick 31 or 32 sometime. Or I would love to have pick one or two sometimes. I'm yeah. sick of this 12 to 15 bullshit. Yeah, right. It doesn't make the draft fun. Yeah, you don't get the highest end players. Yeah. But, like, you guys are taking too high to be, like, really good value picks. So it's, like, exactly. that weird, like, oh, you're going to be good, I guess. It has to be good. I don't know if I've ever seen the Vikings pick in the top 10 in my time as a fan of the Vikings. And right. I don't. I've seen them pick in the top 25 once. Yeah. But yeah, like you're always in that 18 to like 11, 12 range, right? Just really like just right in the middle, just middling. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see if the Vikings do decide to move on from Kirk Cousins. I, I want them to. I don't think we're going to. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's hard to it's hard to say. 
Yeah. Because you, you almost like, for those coaches, they might almost be really gung-ho about their first year. Like, hey, let's show that yeah. we are a good staff, right? And they might keep Kirk for that. But I think no matter how you slice it, Kirk is done after this year because yeah. of the money he commands to get. But you might have one more year left of him, right? Definitely. There's our, our bit of an early free agency wrap-up. We will definitely get more in-depth with it in coming weeks as things ramp up. We'll also get into the Combine starting next Tuesday, I believe, March yes, 1st. Paul, oh, I love the here. Combine. I love the Combine so much. I got an opportunity a few years back to go to the Combine go to a conference in Indianapolis and then get to watch the combine. And it's a crazy experience. It's unlike anything in football because it's so quiet. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. eh? When we went in to Lucas oil stadium, they sat us in the nosebleeds. There's nobody in the stadium and they sat us in the nosebleeds and said, you get to sit in this back row and you're not allowed to say a word. They gave us a little radio with an earbud that we could put in and listen to the NFL network feed. And that was it. We weren't allowed to say anything. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it was, was awesome though. Yeah. Wild, eh? It was wild. But huh. yes, combine coming up and then free agency starting on March 16th and the draft on April 28th. The granddaddy of them all, baby. Oh, we'll get into lots of draft talk in the lots coming of draft. Lots of time for the draft. Yep. There is no shortage of NFL, even in the offseason. We'll be with you right through to the kickoff of the 2022 season. Dave, final thoughts as we My wrap up? My only final thoughts right now is re-sign Jesse Bates. Yes. A little inside baseball here. I got impatient after the Bengals were so good. And like, so I was going to wait till he actually resigned, but then I just got too impatient and I got a Jesse Bates, like shirt Jersey coming and it's on the way. And I'm like, if they just like, because they're going to sign him one way or the other, but like, I just prefer to see him have a long deal done, but yeah. re Jesse Bates, let all the Bengals fans sleep at night. Give me a reason to show off this, this shirt Jersey on, on Instagram and stuff. Just like, let's do it. Let's go. Resign Jesse Bates for Davey O'Doyle say, please do it. Yes, I need that. That does wrap up our recap of the Super Bowl and our quick preview of the NFL offseason. As always, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Booth EC. If you like watching your podcast instead of listening to them, you can do that now on our YouTube channel. Link to that is in our bios on our socials. Go check that out. Buy your merch. Now that you can watch it, I can show off some merch here. We got some great hats. Go get that stuff. It really helps support our little organization we got going on here. Like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. It always helps. As always, I have been Rich. He has been Dave. We have been The Booth, and we will see you next time on The Booth Podcast. Resign Jesse Bates.